Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a bus of fire here in 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Felisco. And with us is someone we both know because we've been on his podcast, but Jason Kleberg, first time on our podcast. Uh, thank you for coming on, the host of the Force 5 podcast. Thanks for having me. Honored to be here and talk Twin Dragons. <laughs> Well, I, I went on to your yeah, podcast please, please, yeah. and I did I did movies about twins and neither of us had seen this one and it happened to be a 99 <laughs> American release. It was a 92 yeah, Hong Kong release. Crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, Dimension snapped it up and, uh, and, 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 you know, put this out in the wake of, I guess, this is four years beyond Rumble in the Bronx, but they would just take anything that, that Johnny wow. Chan did. Because I remember they did Super Cop, I think, in 97, yeah. which was an early 90s movie. And then this, 99. They were just, you know, it took a little while to to, to dub it because the dubs are, are so hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> Can so I, I ask you a question about Rumble in the Bronx? Because like that, yes. that was, and again, I'm not uh, a Jackie Chan aficionado. So I hope that you guys can wax more philosophical about uh, him than I can. But... I remember that being a big, <clears throat> excuse me, that was a big movie. Am I am I crazy in that assessment that it was like his real coming out party? In it, the it was okay. Yes, well, he tried to come into the states in the early eighties. Okay, and failed. Like he had the big okay. brawl, and then he had a small bit in Cannonball Run, and then he was in uh, the Protector, 
Okay. which just like was a miserable experience for him. Like he had his own cut. The director had his American cut. Okay. The director shit on him too over here, which was like okay. a bad move. He said, Jackie Chan would never be anything in the U S essentially because we oh. didn't understand his brand of comedy. And then, so like he went back to Hong Kong made police story, which was just fantastic. Yeah. And just built up 10 years of stuff over there. And then finally rumble in the Bronx. I think new line put it out over here and it was a smash hit. Yeah, yeah, it was Rumble in the Bronx. It was dubbed as well, correct? Like it just was like this. Okay. Yeah. And okay. same the same and the same style, the same over, you know, like over the top and and right. you know these these kind of a uh, you know a little a little stilted Americanized jokes that work so beautifully <laughs> when they're dubbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was it, his first English speaking probably role? It was, it was probably Rush Hour in '98. Probably Rush Hour. Wow, that's that's kind of nuts. That in and of itself, because like I thought he had been doing this a while when that movie came out, but I guess I'm—I mean, he had been. I just meant in terms of um, well, he dubs uh, himself, English. so he's never—he's always been able to speak English, which is interesting. Yeah, but uh, he, yeah, yeah, Rumble in the Bronx. Because I think what Rumble in the Bronx, I remember seeing it in theaters, which is I think was it ninety-five or ninety-six. I think it was ninety six. I'm just so, which is like right a now. weird thing for me to even want to do as a fourteen year old who didn't particularly like um, martial arts films. But uh, there's something about there was something about the way that movie looked, and uh, being a New Yorker and knowing that they shot it not in New York. I think they shot it in Vancouver. <laughs> um, Rumble in Vancouver didn't sound as good. No, <laughs> and, and the and the the artifice of the whole thing was really kind of intriguing to me. And then, like, so Jackie so Rumble Chan in the Bronx is, is ninety five, Rush Hour is ninety eight, okay. and like, and and I know that yeah. Super Cop was released in ninety seven in America, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there is just there is something about Jackie Chan. He is one of our like true magicians. Like we don't really have a lot of these Buster Keaton magicians, you know, in, in humanity. I, I mean, yep. I mean that. Like, say, I, I, you know, being a dance writer, as you know, everyone knows, one of the one of the America's preeminent dance writers. I always talk about in our room um, <laughs> dance dance magic, which I think is the only thing that look. I think step up. I think we did a great job. But yeah. I think we do a great job. I, I, I'm not besmirching the show, but I I I do think that. The thing we have that no one else on TV has, except for "So You Think You Can Dance," is is amazing dancers and reasons to have them dance in the show. So we sure. can provide our audience with dance magic every week. Um, Jackie Chan, and when you go to Jackie Chan movie, everyone I've ever seen, there's magic that happens that he is just doing. Um, and my favorite part of a lot of Jackie Chan movies are the outtakes because then it, then yeah. you then you really understand like. Wow, yep. this really is like miraculous that he pulled yep. this stuff off. So yes, I'm I'm I, I'm truly crazy about this guy. I think he's a gift to America. I I think he's a gift to the world. I think yeah, he's I, I I do think that he's there's also something outside of his enormous physical abilities in terms of the action sequences that he does. He's also just a really charming person to watch. Like yep. the dubbing in this is obviously part of its charm and it's hilariously, you know, bizarre. Yeah. But 
it could be a silent movie too. Like he could have been a silent actor. Like he's just got that yeah, the charm. And, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, he's the, that, totally, that 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 totally. is yep. he is the modern Buster and Keaton. I'm not, Buster Keaton. I'm not the first one to say that by a long yep. shot. Like it's yep. very obvious that that, mm-hmm. that 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 that's who he's kind of modeled himself after, and it's just wonderful. Jason, it always looks like he's having fun. He always looks like he's yeah, having always, fun. Yeah. Except when he plays John Ma. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's such, a, ugh, there's such a great line at the end of this movie where the 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 villain the the so uh, for those of you who haven't seen Twin Dragons, Jackie Chan plays long lost twin brothers. I don't think they ever actually established that they they figure out that they're brothers, but they play he plays long lost twin brothers who wind up in the same place at the same time, and there's a lot of mistaken identity, and and one of them is Jackie Chan and can you know fight, and the other one is a concert pianist and cannot. Um, there's a great line at the end where where the bad guy gets trapped and he goes, which one do I have? I hope it's not the fighter. <laughs> it's <is> so great. <laughs> and then, then it very quickly yeah. he goes, it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jason, yeah. it sounds like you go pretty deep on Jackie Chan. Yeah, I'm a big, big Jackie Chan fan. Yeah, well, uh, I sense that when you went like even deeper on our twin draft and drafted Double Trouble, which is even further <laughs> into the into the you know boondocks of twin based direct to video you know human oddity movies. But wait, um, is Double Dragon that's the video game? Double one? Trouble. He, double he, Trouble. Which you which you should just uh, Google real fast and you'll, <laughs> okay. you'll, see, you'll, double you'll trouble. see what you'll see the kind of lunatic we're dealing with. Okay, cool. But uh, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your uh, your Jackie Chan history. Oh my god. Sorry, I you just know, saw the poster for Double Trouble. <laughs> Much like you, Kenny, I got into Jackie Chan when Rumble in the Bronx came out. And I wasn't into kung fu movies before then. But like they introduced a brand new style of kung fu and fighting movies. I've sure. always been an action fan. And so, you know, once you watch Rumble in the Bronx, then you want to go back and watch that other stuff. I think his opus is uh, Police Story, which yeah, is one of amazing. the yeah, most exciting movies ever made. But I've gone back and watched all kinds of Jackie Chan stuff. It's fascinating. Um, now, I do have a question for you, Kenny, specifically watching this movie, because there are some very, uh, very twin related questions sure. that I need answered. First, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's off, our twin expert, obviously. Yes. yes, I don't have twins. Phil, you don't have twins. Kenny, you're the twin expert here. Uh, have you ever walked into a room, had one of your twins walk in? And then had your other twin walk in seconds later and then have people faint. Yes. <laughs> because that happens 20 <laughs> times in this movie. Phil faints whenever my daughter walks yeah, in. Yeah, whenever, whenever I see <laughs> she her. It's more of fear than anything else. Scares, but yeah. scares the shit out of <laughs> My twins are boy and girl, so we don't have a lot of those problems. But uh, <sighs> but no, that's that's never actually it, happened. It does. Uh, I will say that... the, the So to piggyback on the twin questions, Kenny, have your twins ever... Um, been in separate locations and been able to puppet the movements of each other? Um, I, I wouldn't know the answer to that question. Okay, okay. They, uh, I don't think I, I don't think they would tell me. I think they would use their. I think they use their secret twin shining and not uh, and, and like, communicate. Don't tell dad. Because this does feel like the twins are supernatural in this movie. 
like there awesome. is something next level about being a twin. Love it. Love that about this. Yeah, no, no. For I sure. mean, it, yeah. it works out for you, Kenny, because now you only have to pay for piano lessons for one twin. <laughs> and then the other twin <laughs> automatically true. knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah, one takes piano, one takes, you know, kung fu, and then we're set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I it's mean, bizarre. There's also something about the opening of this film. Where we open so good. A, it's, it's a good, black as and good white as movies get. <laughs> so it's so bizarre. It is incredible. It's a black and white sequence in a hospital where twins are born, and then I can only what gangland members attack the hospital essentially, and the twins are separated. One of them. <laughs> is taken in by a a drunkard or a lush of some sort, some sort of an alcoholic woman. I think, but I think she's also like a like very rich. She's yes. like yes. she's a a beautiful drunk woman who stumbles through parks in formal wear at night. So who strange. puts who puts the, who, who <laughs> adopts the baby probably illegally puts him in in what looked. I think like, you mean like kidnaps. Did you say kidnaps. probably illegally? She literally just she takes just it. steals it. <laughs> She steals the baby. Uh, she buys him what looks like a Rolls Royce converted into a stroller. Yes. Fills it Fills with it a baby with and also booze bottles. People come over and and fawn over this child. Don't even th- don't even care about the booze bottles. I think she might have oh. been a famous actress. I think that was the idea. Okay, that she was like like a famous interesting like, act, like falling actress who you know. Yeah, mommy dearest type situation maybe, but not so bad. Cause she also seems like a great mother. Like he visits her <laughs> grave after she died of cirrhosis, yeah. obviously. Um, there is something died very pretty young too. There's yeah. that picture on the, the grave uh, is literally like the picture. It was of when we later. saw her. So yeah. he, she may have like took him in and died the next day. And that's like <laughs> his parenthood. Yeah. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> the shot of, of the baby in the stroller surrounded by bottles of booze is something I've never seen before. Like I don't, I've never seen like that takes, it's a bold image. I want to talk about that for half a second. There's a reason you've never seen it before because in almost any movie, I'm thinking like, what, who would do that? Like would Rob Schneider do it? And the answer is like, maybe would it play? I think the answer is no. Like, and I think that's like that's part of what's so fucking great about this guy is like anything goes with this guy. Yeah, anything. It's but it's also awesome. like it's so it's so weirdly heartfelt. Like that's the thing about it, where mm-hmm. like it doesn't as much as like there's a reason why we don't want to see that image because we're just like that baby. You know, we, we don't want babies around booze. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a dissonant yes, issue. Yes. You know what I mean? We don't want those two things together. At the same time, you're kind of taken with the, the whole situation, and it's all shot and executed in such a loving, kind of, like, playful way that it doesn't feel let me, weird. Let me throw, throw something at you, Phil. Yeah. You know who could have done it and could have gotten away with it mm. is Tom Green. But part of the reason Tom Green gets away with it is because it's almost the opposite of Jackie Chan, where he's like, this is all fake. Like, don't get emotionally invested because this is fake, 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 fake. 
Whereas yeah. Jackie Chan does the other thing, which is like, this is like real. Like I know, like, like everything you see here is crazy, but like this is real. This is about yeah. love. This is about friendship. Yeah. This is about loyalty. This yeah. is like, like it's 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 the the the. I don't know. I don't. It's impossible to explain what he does, and it's like some 99 percent of artists in working in film or any you know kind of film medium are just people who are really fucking smart who work really fucking hard and learn everything and then one percent are these fucking unicorns these you know, like we talk about lynch a lot who's like that jackie chan is also like that yep. just like it works well he's, don't try he's to an auteur it is works yeah. yeah he directed police story yeah. he he works it just he's a it's crazy and wonderful and he's the best it is it really is kind of you know I, I listen i haven't i haven't watched a jackie chan movie in a very very long time um I, I i've not seen the rush hour films in their entirety um Ever? You know, I, I mean as i've said before worked in a video store it was definitely put on in the store on many occasions so i've like seen it but I haven't i've seen watched it. i've watched the the first two recently okay the first Do two are love? great first two They're are great, great. They're just great. Like, and their chemistry is fantastic and the action's amazing. And it's just, it's, it's just, like, again, these movies just work. They work despite no, for sure. There's just something, you know, watching this film the other day, I was just sort of, first of all, you said this before we got on mic, Kenny, but, you know, we're in a real pocket of strange <laughs> movies right now. And this was just like so lively and fun and just, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's clear as day that Jackie Chan's modus operandi is I want to give people a good time. I just want them yeah. to have a good time at the movies. And everything else is is secondary as far as I'm concerned. And very few people approach film that way. You know what I mean? I think that that a lot of the filmmakers, most of the filmmakers it seems nowadays are either trapped in these franchises where all that matters is the bottom dollar or they're auteurs and they want to make things that make people think, neither of which are bad. But I just think there's a freshness and a, and a, and a, and a, a vitality to the way that he approaches, Jackie Chan approaches these films that, that you're just sort of, you're, you can't help but fall for. I mean, it's, it's only, really the, incredible. The only other guy, and it's a weird comparison, but I made the comparison when I was, um, when I was writing my notes on this, is, is Sasha Baron Cohen is the only sure. other guy who has this like, superpower but the superpower exists to make you love your experience mm -hmm. like i'm mm -hmm. so happy watching almost anything he does because i do think he is like you know talented in a way that no one else is and does the thing no one else even considered and he does it so incredibly well well so it's i yeah. i also it should be said too you know the other day i watched jackass forever on Paramount Plus. And I do think that there is this corollary between Jackie Chan and Sasha Baron Cohen and the Jackass guys where they're willing to do anything to their bodies for the joke, for the entertainment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think about, I can only assume the amount of injuries that Jackie Chan has, has taken oh, in his career. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, the Jackass guys are not, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation, but that's a whole thing. And watching that, you're just sort of in awe at what they're willing to do to make their friends laugh 
is pretty unbelievable. Um, but Sacha Baron Cohen's the same thing. I mean, I, I with Sacha Baron Cohen, it, there's also this like palpable kind of danger to his situations because you know he puts himself into real, you know, obviously dangerous situations. Jackie Chan, though, you never really feel like he's in danger, which is why I think it's also so much fun to watch because you're just like this guy can do anything. Well, I'd argue in, in this film, it doesn't feel like he's in any real danger. But if you go back and watch some stuff right. like the police right. story movies, crime story, those kind of movies, it it is definitely <laughs> apparent that that man was almost killed on multiple occasions. I mean, in police story, there's a there's a scene where he uses an umbrella to catch a bus and drags on the back of the bus with the umbrella. And uh, I'm pretty sure he bought that umbrella from like a store down the street and then just said, let's do this. I mean, it looks, it looks harrowing. Even you watch it now. It's like, Jesus Christ, how is this man still alive here in 2022? That's, that's, that's awesome. I, uh, I want to give just a little bit of context uh, for people who haven't seen twin dragons. Jackie Chan plays twins separated at birth, Boomer and John Ma. The two have grown up to lead very different lives, whereas John Ma was uh, brought up by his natural parents, has become a world-famous pianist. Boomer grew up on the streets, eventually becoming a somewhat shady auto racer. Auto racer? Sure. He's <laughs> like a mechanic. <laughs> uh, Twin Dragons was released in China in 1982, but in the United States, it came out on April 9th, 1989, against The Matrix, Never Been Kissed, 10 Things I Hate About You, and Go. It would go on to make $46 million worldwide, uh, which is pretty, I mean, on a, on a budget that probably was pretty minuscule, I imagine. Um, <clears throat> the Austin Chronicle gave know. the film a... Those are, yeah? those are pretty good special effects. Oh... <laughs> uh, I, the Austin Chronicle gave uh, a positive review, uh, three out of uh, three and a half out of five stars. Noting that the film is only for those who are fully on the bus with Jackie's approach and who would uh, let a little bad English dubbing get in the way of their movie enjoyment. Uh, AV Club also gave it a positive review. Variety noted that the camera trickery is glaringly cheesy in some shots, creating undercutting the illusion of twin brothers in the same frame. When the two brothers meet in a hotel lavatory, it's easy to see how the two shots have been overlapped. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't think that this is like high art, but I also don't necessarily, I didn't feel taken out of it. Did you guys feel like I bought the illusion? Well, I, I think when you I watch know. any twin movie, yeah. Any twin movie, you have to think about like the scale of the twin effects. On one yes. side, on the really great side, I think you have like the Winklevoss twins from Social Network. Sure. And then on the other side, you have like Stavros, Uncle Jesse's evil cousin on Full House. So that's like, <laughs> that's my twin range. You have Winklevi to Stavros. Like, where do sure. you think it falls in there? Yeah, I think it's closer to Stavros than it is to the Winklevi. <laughs> yeah, but, but I definitely. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think, though, that, and again, it's sort of the manic energy that this exists on, right? Where it's just like, it doesn't really stop to catch its breath either. It's a short movie. It feels like it's like right at 90 minutes. I think they cut out like 15 minutes of, of backstory did. for the American release. Um, but still, like, it doesn't really stop to catch its breath. And because of that manic energy, I'm not paying much attention to these things that they're talking about in terms of like how believable the twins are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so I just want to talk for a second about the first, the first fight scene in the club. Um, so good. So good. Which actually made me think a little bit of uh, Temple of Doom, um, which I mean, obviously very different films, but like had that same sort of 
um, energy to it. Maggie Chung, who, I mean, just stunning. I love, I mean, Maggie Chung in, in, uh, in Wong Kar Wai's films are, is just like it's this, her, it's, the way she ping pongs between those two people is crazy. so fucking great. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's the way, it's like how Buscemi goes between the Coens and, uh, Adam Sandler, you know? Right. <laughs> the the right. two auteurs. Right. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I appreciate the, I love the blue wig in the beginning. Um, I, I just, she just brings this sort of, I mean, I hate to say it, but like a groundedness, I guess, sort of to it. Like, I feel like when oh. she's in those scenes, she feels like a, a three-dimensional character. I don't know. There's something about Maggie Chung's energy that I just think is, is yeah. really pretty, uh, is pretty stunning. But and I like I, the other female lead, too. One, me, too. I was going to say the same thing. Who played Tammy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, that, yeah. you know, it's, I, my sense is it's not easy to play uh, the other female lead when Maggie Chung is the... You know mm-hmm. the first one, you sure. know, I, but I, I, but I think they both. I mean, I think the other one did a great job. Obviously, Maggie Chung did a great job. Like, she's amazing. She's awesome. She is um, awesome. Yeah, yeah I, was, I mean, yeah. Oh, go ahead, please, please go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, it's it's weird because in the movie, only Jackie Chan, uh, Maggie Chung, and the third actor, the the small guy, whose his name friend. is escaping me. Yeah, Tarzan Ty- Tyson. Tyson, What's, yeah, Tyson. The, cl- yeah. The, the, cla- the classic Chinese name, Tyson. <laughs> With Boomer, of course. Uh, those three <laughs> are the only ones that are like build, and then it goes to like in alphabetical order or whatever. And I was very disappointed because I thought that uh, the actress named Nana Lee Chi, that's um, uh, Jet Li's wife, was fantastic in this, okay. and I was disappointed that she not she didn't even get build. I. I, I don't want to jump to the end first, but it uh, out of order. But I, it's worth noting now because we're talking about Maggie and uh, and forgive me, um, Nina. Is that who? Uh, Nina Leachy. Yeah, yeah. Nina Leachy. Um, the last line of this movie is a real doozy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they they're they're about to get married, and the it's basically a twins joke. Where they're just like, well, which one is it? And then they go, does it matter? And then it's class. And you're just like, it's so strange. What? So strange. I think it matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very strange yeah, joke to end the, the movie. That's on. the play to being a twin. Doesn't matter. Well, it's, it, that whole last scene is bizarre because the parents are there and they're like, now do we get to meet this person that yeah, looks yeah. kind of like our kid? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and then, of course, they faint. So did they not know they had twins? I'm I'm unclear as to no, they knew. They were they, they definitely were devastated. Knew. Yeah, he was on the Pan Am flight, just like falling his eyes out. Yeah, he right. watched his kid fall out the window. Yeah, in the arms of a bad guy, and then watched the inspector tie. He did the old uh, tie the bed sheet to a pole and slide oh. down it. That's when you know you're watching oh. a live action Looney Tunes film, like right in the beginning. Oh, it's so good! I it's can't so believe good. it exists in real life. I just can't believe this one exists. This this is the most unhinged Jackie Chan film I've seen. The the there's some reasons. Of- yeah, the the sec the the two Jackie Chans, the Jackie Chan who can't fight but can only fight when the other one is is puppeteering him. That's really wonderful. The be- black and white beginning is incredible. I, I yeah, I, I think like the set pieces are are classic Jackie Chan, but so funny. Like there's such a great little scene where they're not little. I mean, it's a massive set piece where they're on speedboats. Yeah, the boat chase Tyson, is great. 
Yeah. And Tyson yeah. is Tyson is trying to like knock the other guy with a giant fishing net and catches a fish. <laughs> so funny. So funny. <laughs> I just like how do they have the time for this stuff? Like it's it's tremendous. And then there's also a- just like the, the concert stuff is real fun. Where yeah. he's you know what I mean? Like there's just good jokes. There's just like the and then the the song's a hit. Like I just I don't know. I think there's something really great about um all the action is fantastic, but it's just a really lovely movie. Like it's it's a really sort of just super playful, doesn't try to like uh I don't know. I don't think it's it's trying to to reinvent the wheel here. I think it's just trying to have a good time. Yeah, it kind of is. Like but right. I'm not saying it's trying. <laughs> yeah. But it, it kind of yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like the penicillin vaccine. You woke up, oh my God, new wheel. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's uh, this move. That's the full quote of this episode, Kenny. Like, this movie's the equivalent of the penicillin vaccine. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a unique yes. take on this one. I, I, I think because I, they're like, there's, there's, there's so much, I, it, there's so much style to this film. Like, yeah. you know what I love? I love that all, that there, there was just a, coterie of bad guys who wear suits and sunglasses all the time it's so and there's so many of them they're like it's like mr smith it's so (laughs) awesome i love that there's all i mean i think one of the secret like best scenes in the movie is the um the fight at the mall where this guy, this random guy in a suit, is just selling sporting goods out of a kiosk oh. by the escalator. And he, <laughs> and he takes a punch early in the scene, and the way he takes the punch is so funny. He's like, oh, I can't believe you punched me in the face! <laughs> he, he, they knock over the... They knock over yeah. the... Um, the kiosk. balls, yeah. and he's like, my balls! But, like, he, but it's not like a ball joke. It's more like yeah. a, these are expensive! Yep. Buster Keaton moment. Like yes. the guy's reaching oh, back for each weapon he back. sees and, and the so owner good. is taking it before he can grab it. It's amazing. That seems great. And they also, I mean that the guy, they call him Rocky, uh, Tammy's boyfriend. Who's yep. a, I don't know what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be he's like, like a biker. Asian. Yeah. Mad he looks Max. like a biker. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, he, like he's, <laughs> he's awesome too, because he just starts punching air. He's like, he's just punching, he's just punching air. Like Jackie Chan, like stops for a second. Just, he's like, got to punch it forward. It's like, I love that by this film in Hong Kong, Jackie Chan is so established as the ass kicker of all ass kickers who also does it effortlessly mm-hmm. that there's no one man who can beat him. And if you take a guy like this, this guy Rocky and have him try to like hurt him, he's just going to look silly. I think yep. that's really... It's really wonderful. It's just a wonderful, like little, like lo-fi bit. This is the, all that they're using here is a platform, some sporting goods, and a mannequin in a catcher's uniform that I'm ninety nine percent sure they put a man in when he falls. But <laughs> I went back a few times to see if they had a man because he fell like a man would fall. But I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a moment where the catcher's hand hits Jackie's butt. It's like you know. Again, this is like some stuff that like Rob Schneider might do, and I might roll my eyes. But when when Jackie does, I'm like, ah, high comedy. Do you? Where well, does this rank for you guys on Jackie Chan? Like in his oeuvre? In terms of action comedy stuff, I'd probably put it in the middle tier of his movies. Um, okay. It's not as bad as like his. It's it's better than his um, 
later 2000s yeah. stuff, like the medallion and uh, yeah, the, the medallion is really not good. Yeah, I think it was in the like accidental yeah. spy that stuff, but it's it's not as good as stuff like Rumble in the Bronx, Police Story, Super Cop for me. I, I think yeah, I mean I think you know Rumble in the Bronx holds like a special place in my heart. I really I remember watching it in the theater distinctly and not not knowing what to expect and just thinking it was the most wonderful, fun, hilarious experience possible. Um and I think Supercop is a uh, half step down from that. I think Police Story is uh, not that funny, but really wonderful and incredible. Um, I think is American language, um, excuse me, English language American films after Rush Hour are uh, not great. But oh, you're not a um, fan of um, what is it? Uh, Shanghai the Night series are yeah, the Shanghai Nights. The, yeah. Those that series is pretty fun with Owen Wilson. Fun. The tuxedo, um, they're they're just oh, not yeah. great stuff. But it's not terrible. Again, he's he's at this point he's in mid fifties doing this shit, and it's its own level of thrill. Um, I I think this is one of the better ones. I think this is like if you don't if you watch this movie and you don't enjoy yourself, check your pulse, buddy. Yeah, I, I mean, I I went into this. I mean, with with all due respect, went into it with pretty low expectations, not knowing much about Jackie Chan, not having seen a lot of his films, but also just sort of being like, you know, he's playing twins. I mean, what what, what exactly is this? And I was truly won over five minutes into this thing, if that. Like, just this movie opens as we've said with this black and white sequence that's so gonzo. Like, I was just like. If you're not one over, you're either in or you're out in a big way, right? Like this thing is, it's really kind of setting its 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 modus operandi pretty quickly and out of the gate. So, you know, Katty and I have talked a lot about intent of filmmakers. We've talked a lot about, you know, vision and 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 you know, just a, a real sense of knowing what you want to do with the movie. And this movie knows what it is and what it wants to be from the jump. And you know you're either you're either in for the ride or you're not, and if you are, you're going to have a great time. Like it's it's just it is an undeniably silly movie, but I, lovely. Yeah, I'll also say that if you're a a fan of Hong Kong movies, hmm. you'll also get a kick out of the cameos in this movie. So this was you'll notice like as the credits start rolling, it says it's a Directors Guild presentation. And this movie was actually made by Jackie Chan and the Directors Guild as like a fundraiser for their Directors Guild. So anybody that's not in Jackie Chan's stunt team in this movie is mm-hmm. a Hong Kong director. Mm-hmm. There are so many cameos in here. I don't know if you noticed, but at the end in the wedding scene, you can see in the back for like three seconds, John Woo is the priest. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. <laughs> John Woo's sitting there. Uh, Andrew Lau has like the smallest cameo in the very beginning they showed jackie chan's uh or john ma's first birthday party Uh it's maybe like three seconds of screen time and andrew lau director of like the infernal affairs series is sitting back there it's incredible like so many cameos did jackie chan and john woo ever work together no they've never worked together there's a lot of like parallels but he never yeah i mean i guess tonally they're they're a little they're quite different i mean john woo's stuff is so you know straight and heavy and i i don't necessarily know that jackie chan fits into that necessarily as much but yeah just so many good cameos yeah it's 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 a really stacked movie of really talented people i also think like 
the set pieces, you know, Kenny mentioned the boat chase, which is great, but then you've got this crazy magnet crane situation at the oh, end. Okay. Yeah, with Tyson <laughs> strapped to it with like a, he's got a gir- a metal girder backpack essentially on, and he's stuck to this crane. It's as one I mean, Jackie climbs it. It feels this is the other thing too. It all feels practical. Like yes. clearly that's a crane with a magnet and he's got this fucking thing strapped to him. I believe that that happened. I do too. Yeah, I believe this is yeah, this is ugh. Well that and that's only where the scene starts because yes. then it moves to a Mitsubishi like car crash test faculty. dummy site. Facility, which yeah. is I mean, uh, Jackie Chan has Mitsubishi uh, like a sponsorship with them. So you'll see in Jackie Chan movies a ton of Mitsubishi stuff. But yeah, it's incredible. And those three guys that are playing poker when Mm. they walk into Mm -hmm. that crash test facility, two directors of the film and the producer, like sitting there trying to one up each other. It's amazing. It's Yeah, he he has this uncanny ability of finding uh, sets in locations that have never been used as action sets. But when you're there, you feel like this just makes perfect sense. This is like, he sees sets and locations in a way that I think most people wouldn't even consider. I bet, I bet doing a location scout with him is like, is like watching fucking Michelangelo paint the Sistine Chapel. It's just one of those. I mean, I, 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 it's a very, Low level thing, but my father in law uh, is a restaurateur and owns restaurants. And going to a restaurant with him is a is a mind expanding experience because he sees things that you never would see. Mm. He sees things from the menus to the waiters to the lighting to the service that you would just never even consider when you can when you think about what it means to you know go to a restaurant and get good service. And this is true. This is true from Chipotle to you know the nicest restaurants in the world. So I think that there is like that thing probably with Jackie Chan where you're just like, yeah, it was right in front of my eyes this whole time, but like you saw it and you know how to use it. Um, I I I yeah I I. I, I I bet it's just such a fucking joy working with it. Oh, 100%. I, I also think that, you know, North American audiences, I think, have such a binary perspective on, I'm just going to say, martial arts movies, by and large. I think that, you know... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think that the Matrix and Crouching Tiger changed that. I think Wu Ping, just in terms of how, 
I think it kind of broke open American sensibilities in terms of what this genre was capable of um, and, and that it was just able to be something. I, I think that there was something disposable about it for American audiences up until a certain point. And I think that's unfortunate. I think that I, it bums me out to think that there are people that watch a movie like this, for instance, and don't acknowledge or understand how hard it is to execute something like this just because it looks perhaps goofy or or whatever the case might be or seems silly in some way it's it's very 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 hard to do this and i I understand that you know and i love crouching tiger hidden dragon i think it's a, a masterful movie and i understand why people will why north american audiences watch that and we're so swept up in its um, its beauty and in just sort of all the things that it was trying to say culturally and otherwise. Um, but this movie is also doing something incredibly difficult. And I just don't know that people give it, give this kind of martial arts movie the, the credit that it deserves. Yeah, I agree. It's, and it's all about how those movies were marketed to our public right. too. I mean, when the Kung Fu craze started in the seventies, they weren't at every movie theater. It was right. the Grindhouse Theaters, 42nd Street, college campuses, and art house theaters. And like right. that's how it remained until really almost until Rumble in the Bronx came out. That's really interesting because like it does feel like, you know, the Kung Fu craze, um, to some degree, you know, black exploitation films, all that kind of stuff felt like it was all kind of put into a, a you know, a box. And um, it's fascinating how long it took for it to be taken seriously. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, and I, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about the matrix um, on this podcast, but you know, that film obviously took so many influences and kind of jammed them all together so beautifully and perfectly that I think it kind of, it really was a mind expanding situation where people were just like, Wait, so kung fu can exist in this cyberpunky universe? Like, it it just it was such a game. Well, that and, and and also Quentin. I mean, just right. Yes, yes, yes. And then, and I would also give a little credit to Wu Tang as well. I, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that in the '90s there were just a few of these really, really influential people who kind of said, uh, who particularly when it comes to kung fu films. Mm-hmm. That, that put it for, at the forefront of what they were doing. And um, yeah, I think that it was those two. And The Matrix mattered uh, for this massively as well. Didn't Wu Ping do the fight choreography on this as well? I believe so. Yeah. He's, so he had you know, two. I think it's so interesting that, um, not to keep harping on Crouching Tiger, but I think it's so interesting that, that Aang basically was like, I want them to be flying, right? Like, it's, I want them to be essentially dancing in the air. And Wu Ping was like, that will never fucking work. No <laughs> one's going to, like, this is, no one's going to buy this. And you got to imagine when Wu Ping tells you this isn't a good idea or, like, the audience isn't going to buy it, you got to take a real second to wonder whether, because, like, this is a guy who obviously has been pushing the boundaries of, believability for a really long time and suspense of disbelief. Um, but obviously, you know, Aang was right, but it is, it is interesting um, how kind of what, what Wu Ping's rules are, where his box is 
I think has got to be pretty has got to be pretty interesting. Um, he's got. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what his. I mean, he must have, you know, 70, 80 credits to his name, if not more. Like the the the, the sheer amount of uh, films that he's done is is pretty incredible. Um, the, the, you mentioned the, the the car testing facility at the end. So that good. whole sequence in. I don't know what exactly was going on inside that room with all the red lighting and the what have you was it it's like heat, it's heat testing for the cars oh, to testing. see how much okay. heat they can okay. take yeah it was a fucking great sequence <laughs> it looks so, so fucking smart. cool <laughs> yeah it looks great because they have like the heat room that connects to the rain room and you have both jackies alternating between the rooms and then two bad guys who don't know which Jackie Chan they're up against at any given time, which is hilarious because you have one scene where like the two, you have John Ma and then you have the bad guy and they're both trying to get away from one another. And it's so funny. It's yeah. I mean, it's, this is also one of those things too. And, and Kenny, obviously you guys did your, you both did your twins, top five twins movies. Um, But there is just something so clean about a twin movie too. You know what I mean? Of just the 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 mistaken identity thing has obviously been done since silent cinema. It's been you know what I mean. We've been doing this for for you know a very very oh, long time, forever. Yeah, right. And and it just fucking works, man. Like it still works. We haven't really had one in a while, it seems, but like it works. Yeah, it, it, it's easy. It works. It's fun. I think yeah. that I mean, and, and they they use it well here the the best application of it was the magnet scene when they they actually used it to solve the problem i thought that was yes. really really yes. smart and yes. uh and and exciting when you kind of realize what they're doing you're like oh they have some art to these guys <laughs> all right pretty clever but, yeah. um, there's gonna be what yeah go ahead please jason Oh, I was going to say there, there's going to be obvious uh, links to this movie and Double Impact with Van Damme, which had come out 91. This one came out 92. So a lot of people mm-hmm. would argue that, like, this is Jackie Chan's riff on Double Impact. But if you've ever seen the twin movie, have either of you seen the twin movie Big Business with uh, uh, wait, Bette Midler? Uh, Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler? Yeah, yeah. Lily Tomlin, Bette Midler. The twin movie Big Business. It's a yeah. weird movie. I saw it as a very young child, so I yeah. can't speak but it's, to it. It's got a lot of similarities to Big Business <laughs> as well. So people would say this is this is ripping off Double Impact. It's also kind of riffing on Big Business, which was a, an adaptation of Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors. So this could be Jackie Chan's attempt at some Shakespeare right here. That's incredible. Oh, I was, yeah, the Prince of the Pauper was what I was thinking of when um, sure. when you said it's gone back a long time, because yes, it's gone back a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess I mean, a comedy of errors is, is even further back, yeah. In big business, they have like the class thing, the rich one and the poor one. Right, right, right. The right. twins meet in the bathroom. Like there's a lot of similarities between That's the two movies. It's, it's interesting. I will just, say this yeah. this doesn't really and I don't mean this in a in a judgmental way or negative way but like it doesn't it's not really a a class movie I didn't feel so much. Did you feel that? Did you feel like it it, it was it really didn't have much commentary on like the cast system. <laughs> not that I would expect no. much from it but like it it's just it it is interesting cuz it is there a little bit. Um Yeah, you see it but, like when um when Boomer goes or when John takes Tammy into the recital hall 
And she's just like amazed that he has this great hotel room that he's in this hall and stuff like that. And in the, um, in the original version, she then in that scene has like a daydream of her becoming this big pop star, which is something that is out of her range as like this karaoke singer at the time. But we obviously don't get that in the uh, Harvey Scissorhands version that we probably saw. You know, I, I will say the, so the first scene or the, 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 the scene where she thinks they're going to have sex, but instead he gives her just an intense massage and she falls asleep so is, funny. is pretty fantastic. It's great physical humor. She's really funny in that scene. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, there's really good stuff in this. I, I, I really also just, I don't know. I was just it's charmed by it. I don't know what else to say other than it's just, it's a really charming movie. I did want to ask you, Kenny, um, as, as, as we know, you have twins. Um, yes. Do your well twins have, do they like watching movies about twins or do they have, do they have a favorite twins movie? Layla, <clears throat> Layla loves parent trap. Um, sure. And it's, movie. you know, it, it's, it's, Definitely one of her um, in rotation type movies. Okay, uh, Rollins. Um, you know, I, I think he thinks twin movies are beneath him. Probably. We did. Uh, we did watch. We we did watch half an hour of The Shining last night. Oh, um, which Jason that seems would know is not a little a, <laughs> not a, a twin movie. movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, he. You know, he's constant. Oh, hold. Okay. I gotta go for one sec. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Put put a thing in. Put a put a, uh, put a uh, marker on this. Uh, marker. It, Will, are you there? Sorry. Is anyone there? Any of our producers? <laughs> no one seems to be there. Okay. I'm just gonna text him. Uh, sorry about this. Jason. All good. Uh, All good. As you know, I'm used to this too. I have trains that go by every hour, so. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Did you watch you watch the um version of this on Tubi? I did. Got that it. Was, Sorry, yeah. I, I'm I'm the only person in this house. So everything okay? Um oh yeah, I just had to open the door. Okay. Um okay. So, so we watched Rollins thinks you watched uh, The Shining. We watched The Shining last night and um you know, which has twins in it. So that's why I bring it up. And we lasted half an hour. And then I reminded him that we are going to a hotel in the mountains uh, on Sunday. And maybe we shouldn't do this. And he's like, (laughs) you're right, Dad. I don't think we should do this. So, um, yeah. (laughs) The reason I I, I watched The Shining, Phil, is because we're doing the, the screen drafts on hotels. And I'm trying to get a jump on it. And also, you know thinks he's very tough and wants to watch all the scariest movies. And as a great dad, uh, I just let him. So you know, that, that's a, that's a, that's a really scary movie, dude, for, for a nine-year-old. It's scary um, for a 40-year-old. I know. I, t- I told my dad we were watching it and he goes, Ooh, that's scary. And then a second later he goes, you know, I've never actually seen it. I was too, I've always been too afraid to watch it. My seven-year-old father. It's- so, yeah, you know it's interesting. I was. I also um, 
started watching The Shining a few weeks ago before we even decided to do the screen drafts thing. But just because I was like, I haven't seen The Shining in a, in a very, very long time. Um, it's unnerving from the fucking first second. The score and the and the eerie chopper yes. shot. Yes. You're just like, yes. well, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like being a part of this. I, I, I mean, I... I love it. I love it. I know I love it's great. It. I, it, there, I, I, but I find I find horror movies comforting for whatever reason. Really? I, yeah, I find them calming. I mean, I my kids make fun of me because when I can't go to bed, I listen to like murder podcasts, and they Dude, put me down, and I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I, yeah, no, I don't know what it is. But I, I, particularly horror movies I've seen already, like The Shining, for whatever reason, it, like as soon as you start with those you know, helicopter shots and they get to the overlook and the, the, that first scene with Jack walking in, I, I, I'm, I'm calm. I'm, I'm at ease. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm home. That's, I can't that explain is it. I love that movie. I love everything about it. It's but, a great uh, movie. Don't, I'm not, I'm certainly not, not saying otherwise. I know, of course. But there's something very unnerving about it. There's also something too about um, uh, the 80s of it. I don't know what it is, but I Love find that. that sometimes 80s stuff can seem very unsettling. Um, I, 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 I sort of, 80s horror movies, I guess, maybe. Like like The Exorcist um, is oh, one of those 70s. films. Is that 70s? 73. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I think what you're talking about is the 70s, the way movies are shot, the, the way movies are shot and yeah. lit. In the seventies, I guess the shining is eighty, right? Like eighty, it's basic, yeah, it's basically yeah. seventies. Um, I I am unnerved by uh, almost every movie from the early eighties that has depictions of children because they are dressed so disgustingly, um, <laughs> and their hair looks horrible. But I've gotten fair, over it. I've gotten over it. Like now, you know, and now, now I find it kind of you know charming. Like I, think- I just find dated. This is such a weird thing. Um, but it, it it sort of I guess it taps into some of my neuroses. But like dated medical stuff freaks me out. Yeah, you, like I you think you mentioned that before. The Exorcist yeah, the, the Nick scene is not for you when she's being tested in the hospital because they're just like, what the fuck's going on with this girl? And it's just these old ancient medical equipment. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I, I can't. I cannot be a party to this. I watched a movie Ooh. called uh, I can't remember. It was a Michael Crichton movie about. Fuck, Andromeda should... Strain? No, no. It was um it's called Coma. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's a Robin we're... Cook book, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coma is not it? Crichton. Yeah. But Crichton might have directed it. Yeah. You're right. I think he might have directed it. The first then, one, uh, the Michael Douglas one, yeah. But uh yes, and uh Coma's is essentially all outdated medical shit. And it's it terrifying. is very, very unsettling. The idea of getting like very sick pre nineteen eighty is horrifying. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> if the you want to watch, see. if you want to watch like a really fucked up, weird medical movie about twins, Dead Ringers. Mm. Oh, sure, sure, Dead sure. That's that's OG you know? twins shit. Yeah, that movie you've seen Dead Ringers, oh, right, Kenny? I have. Crichton wrote the screenplay for. Oh, that. interesting. Okay. Let's see if he directed it. I think he might. Um, he did directed and wrote the screenplay. Yes, that was around the time of like Westworld when he was like trying to get into the directing game. Yes. But uh, yeah, no, Dead Ringers is one of those films where uh, 
it's just deeply unsettling. There's also, so my, my mom used to be friends with his wife, Denise, years and years and years ago. And she went over to their house once and Cronenberg had designed the gynecological tools himself and just had them on display around his house. And was just <laughs> like, yeah, that tracks. That, that, that makes yeah, sense. That, that, move, that, that movie uh, doesn't feel like any of that stuff ever really happened to real people. It's so. <laughs> at least there's just like the, least, the the red the surgical outfits. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really incredible shit. It's I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's something. Was that on your twins draft? Did that make the uh, twins draft? I you know the it, it was it was not to give it we, away. Can I give it away, Jason? It. Okay, we, we talked about, about it. it. We talked about it. I won't give it away. Listen to the episode. Was mentioned. Um, yeah, obviously, listen to the episode. I, yeah, I twins movies. That's a really interesting. That's a good top five. Uh, that I mean, truthfully, that's also a good screen draft. You yeah, do a uh, good twins screen draft. Yeah, it. I mean, it I would mean, be Kenny good, would put Jack and Jill at the top. But I, I think we did. Yeah. I think we did the job. <laughs> I, think, I think we did. I think we did the job. I think we. I, I you know, I, at this point, I think it's redundant. But and I absolutely would put Jack and Jill on it. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, so yeah, do we want to do we want to rate this? Do we have any more thoughts that you guys? Yeah, wanna... let's rate it. Okay, I mean, I I had never seen this film before, um, so uh, I went into this cold. I actually came into this podcast not as high as you guys on it. I really enjoyed it, um, but I was I was I was at like a sixty. I think that I was like, this is a good movie. Uh, this this. This was fun, and I'm glad we did it. This conversation has definitely made me like it even more. I'm at a 75 now. Um, I think that it's, you know, I, I think that it's, I don't even want to say this because it sounds shitty, but like, I don't think you should rate a movie like this on a curve necessarily, but I do think that it kind of exists in its own lane and it needs to be kind of graded on its own rules, if you know what I'm saying. And I think yeah. that like, to 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 kind of, clump this in with really anything we've done in 99 so far almost does it a disservice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm at, I'm at a 75. What about you, Kenny? Uh, I was at a 72 before this. Um, I don't know why I was so low. That doesn't feel right to me, but I'm not going to go super high. I mean, this isn't right. like a masterpiece, yeah. but it's a great time at the movies. So I'm going to go to 75. I think 75 is a good number for it. It's a great time at the movies. Yes. One more can yeah, you ask? What would you do? What about Jason? I'm a little higher on it than you guys. I go with 80. And okay. I hear you. I, I have to ask too, considering you've seen just about everything that's come out in 1999, yeah. would you say that this is the second best action movie of 1999. Well, shit, we better go to the wiki. <laughs> I mean, uh, what's it going yeah, to compete with? Chill so are you, are you, Jason, are you saying that uh, The Matrix is the first or something else? Matrix, of course, yeah. What other, I mean, now I'm just drawing, I'm drawing a total blank on the action films we've covered in 99. Are there, I mean, well, 99's been a, it was a weak movie for yeah. action. Like you mentioned that it's a weak year for horror movies before. It's also a very weak action movie year. So what does it compete with? Chill yeah, Factor, no. <laughs> Universal Soldier Two, or whatever. All right, let's that, let's get in here. Let's yeah, get into it, Kenny. What, what are we? What are we? All right. At? So uh, let's see. Uh, what could be considered an action? Okay, so we're saying the Matrix is action, which you know it is. 
It's obviously number one. The next action movie. I mean, the only one that comes to mind just for what it's worth, because you mentioned horror and action. End of Days is a good action movie. That's the one. That's the one that comes to mind for me. That's one that jumps to (laughs) the front of mind. Yeah. The only um, other one I could see arguing for is like Three Kings, but uh, you know, I action movie. Yeah, just and then like I would you, say Phil, I worked in a video store. That's a war movie. It's so uh, yeah, cool. and I would say another movie that, like, you know, like Matrix is Matrix action, I guess, but Matrix to me is sci-fi, right? Like the the right. the, the like the primary genre. Like Thirteenth Warrior is an action. It got some good action in it, but it's much worse than this. Yes, but uh, <laughs> but the, the primary genre, the primary genre for <laughs> um, for uh, for. Matrix is sci-fi. The other one that uh, I think might fall into it, but I feel like there's a, a different primary. The primary genre for Three Kings is obviously a war movie. War movie. Yeah. The primary genre for End of Days, I guess it's kind of horror, but it's kind of horror. I kind of feel the same way as you. So like, yeah. as far as like straight action movies, but there's just very few of them. I mean, truly, oh, oh, the one I was going to say that I, that hmm. I think would fall into this category, though it's more adventure is uh is the mummy but the mummy right. as everyone knows is not for me blue streak <laughs> is kind of an action movie kind um, of in like a comedy. beverly hills cop sort of way yeah it's yes. not better than this one well no. i mean this this is the best straight action movie of the year I yeah i you know it's so funny i mean Wild Wild West doesn't really movie. fall into that it's also not a good movie but this yeah, is it, crazy isn't this crazy there's no action movie this year the world I, I, is yeah. not enough as an action movie, but fuck it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I feel like you've really hit something, Jason. We are, you know, four and a half years into this podcast, and I've and I can't believe that Kenny and I haven't realized how bad an action yeah. year it is. Payback is an action movie, but no, not hard great. pass on that. Yeah. Uh dude. This is the, the this is the year that that forgot how to make an action movie. And that it's, actually I, I almost yeah. would say that's part of the reason maybe that this is such an interesting year. Yeah. Because the thing that generally dominated the box office for most of the 90s is largely absent this year. Yeah, it's it is really strange. I'm I'm wow. I'm, I'm looking as well and I'm just like did we really have no action movies? Virus is kind of an action movie. Yeah, virus is an action. So movie. that that's a, the, it's not good, but it's an action. Uh, movie. Simon says straight action movie. That is an flick. Action. Oh yeah, <laughs> not yeah, as good as twin, not as good as Twin Dragons, but good flick. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, did we? Is there anything that that's sort of overtly like this? I really don't. Yeah, think Simon. There Simon is. says, "Oh, Boondock Saints is an action movie." Yeah. Um, Terrible. It's, uh, the it's Corruptor, Phil. Bad action yeah, movie. Yeah, Corruptor. I'd say Corruptor's an action film. Mod Squad? Yeah. Maybe. Also not I mean, good. It, it is. It did kind of like, like kind of, you know, kind of reskin itself as an action movie, I, <laughs> I would say. Would you say Instinct's an action movie, Phil? Oh, fuck no. I, I mean, I think Virus is, though. You know, you know it might be an action movie? Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Entrapment, definitely an action movie. That's an action movie. Is Thomas Crown an action movie? No, it's not. And I'm not going to ride for that. (laughs) I I mean, not in that that oeuvre. This is is in... General's Daughter? 
No, no. we're not actually in that. This Drama. is I- indubitably the best straight Omega coat we've done. You, you, this is wow. outside of the matrix. I think just scanning our list here. I mean, Bats obviously is kind of an action movie, but it's more of a horror yeah, movie. Yeah, but more of a horror movie. Yeah. More of a creature feature. We've done some great creature features. Creature that feature deep, is a great Deep Blue term. Sea and Lake Placid. Those are great yeah. creature features. And IMDb might throw action like third or fourth in their uh, genre thing, but but yeah. they're not action. I mean, Lake Placid is a great fucking movie, but it's not an action movie. It's a creature feature. Yeah. Those are different things. No, it's, when Delandra I, came on and like ran yeah. down what a creature feature is, it was very clear to me that like they are structured differently from your classic action movie. This is there. There's this no is, weapon this, is, this year. Yeah. There's no Die Hard this year. There is no Michael Bay movie this year. You know, the McTiernan weirdly has two movies, neither of which are like classic action movies. You know, there's no. Yeah. Is there a Donner movie here? Not really. No. Like, no. there's uh, no the, the 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 action guys. Yeah. Uh, there's no took a break. movie this year. The action guys took a break. Yeah. Yep. Because it does feel like when does so Pearl Harbor's 2001, right? That's the next yep. Michael Bay movie. Um, and then he's in Transformers World, and those movies are obviously straight-up action films. Yep. I, I got to say, very excited for Ambulance. Can't tell you, you know, uh, I, and I'm, I'm not a Michael Bay guy, as Kenny can attest. Um, but I literally cannot wait. I'm just only, I'm so excited. It is the only movie I care about. It's the thing about it, um, outside of the fact that, like, you know, I'm just excited to go to the movies, but yeah, it's such a clean premise. So clean. Like, that's the thing about Michael Bay that I've really not liked for a long time now is that he's just been so lost in a bunch of like nonsense scripts and just like this is just a bunch of guys on a getaway. It's an ambulance, some crazy drone photography. Excellent it's going to look great in fucking Excellent IMAX. Actors. Yeah, great actors. It's going to yeah. look great. Like there's yeah. that movie. That I, I, I'm always, I'm always kind of on the lookout for something Michael Bay adjacent. Yeah, and they're always lacking because uh, some people have big ideas, but most people don't know how to shoot those the way yes. Michael Bay does. Like, yeah, there was I. I, I Hurricane heist. Uh, there was uh, what was the one with um, with O'Shea Jackson when and and uh, not Clive oh, Owens, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other guy, the bad Clive Owens. Who's the bad? Clive Wait, Owens? who's the who's the bad Gerard, Clive Owens? Gerard Butler. Uh, is that one called Den of Thieves? Den of Den Thieves. Thieves is like a bad Michael yeah. Bay, and like. They I really like that kind, movie. It's not bad. It's like because again, this is my genre, right? Like, yes. like so you, you love this shit. Yeah. I and that's why I like to answer so much. But like, I love that makes sense. That I, makes sense. I love a practical heist thing. I just I and love, I, I I love a heist, and I really love a heist that is like point blank, you know, a um, point breaky. Right, sure, like sure. smash and grab, like people in you know in sure. the moment, shot like handheld cameras, that type shit. But I think Michael Bay and the direct and the writer Chris Fedak really seem to find something that works in 2022. Like I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good about like The Lost City doing well. I feel pretty good about like I think Ambulance is like kind of captured people's imaginations to some extent. And these are the kind of movies that I I hope and pray for because they're straight up the kind of movies I want to write. Are. I'm yeah. I'm thrilled. I agree with you 100%. That it's great to see Lost City doing well. Uh, original ideas from, you know what I mean, from big 
Hollywood movie star types. Big stars putting their yeah. their their yeah. stamp on this. It's yeah. it's just cool. I also yeah. I I sent you a, a a YouTube clip a few days ago, and I don't know if you've seen this as, as well, Jason. But they they put out a a brief um, sort of behind the scenes of the drone photography that they did for ambulance. And I'm I, I, generally speaking, I'm not the biggest fan of drone photography when they're trying to mimic what used to be those chopper shots um, because there's a, there's an artificiality that you can sense in the drone photography. Whereas this is just Michael Bay going like fucking whole hog. And like, he's got this guy wearing these VR glasses and he's literally like flying these fucking drones through these crazy, like to me, that's like, that's great drone shit. When you're not, you know what I mean? When you're not trying to emulate something else. There is a, and I think you're you're alluding to this. There is an uncanny valley that you feel with with most drone shots. But we're going to get past it. Like we got past that with, you know, human rendering and 3D animation. It's going to happen and and we're going to love it at some point. But I agree for the last like, 10 years most drone shots feel like you know yeah you know go 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 back to like the discovery channel you know like 100 no, percent for sure well it's like, like I, you know if you if there, there are certain things you know that that like i think the discovery channel i also think like in the wake of making a murderer like they, there was a lot of that like mm-hmm. drone photography stuff that that makes me feel like that's where it belongs well, a place where those are a lot yeah, yeah those are yeah. cool establishing shots they're cheap and like I can handle it there, but like, there is no beauty in that. No. Like, there's no, I mean, having well, just watched the fucking opening I, of The Shining, I was I just mean, gonna like, say, yeah. Oh, well, there's also like, you wanna be on the helicopter. It's also, there's, there's slight imperfections in it, which is the fucking key to it, right? Yeah. Like, it, I don't want to see, and listen, I'm the biggest David Fincher fan in the world, and there is a surgical precision to the way that he makes his films that I absolutely adore. And he's, he's riding that edge, and that's kind of, that's his thing, right? Where trying to sort of find the, the, the humanity and the beauty in, in his, in his films. But, but I love the fact that you bring up The Shining. It's a perfect example. I love that there's weird little jostles. There's, you know what I mean? That there's just things that that you you can't iron out that I love. I mean, Deacons has talked a lot about this. He uses a fair amount of, you know, there's some beautiful uh, chopper shots in Shawshank Redemption and in various films that he's done. And they're just beautifully done. And yet there's just a little something there that that feels human, that feels kind of messy. Um, so yeah, but, but listen, ambulance is going to be great. Um, this movie was a fucking blast. We honestly can't thank you enough, Jason, for coming on to talk about this. Um, we hope to, I hope to be back on your podcast. We hope to have you back yeah, on here love your podcast. to talk about something else in the future. What Any are we time. doing next? Is that a pirate hat you got on there? It is. Yep. Nice. I'm unfortunately a Pittsburgh pirates fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't seem like that's, uh, <laughs> played out well for you. There, there have been nice moments. Well, um, there's been like three nice moments in 25 yeah, years. Get Andrew McCutcheon <laughs> for a minute. Have they uh, have they won the World Series? In 79 was the last okay. World Series they won. They have uh, quite a few, but all before I was born. Some famous ones. 79 was a bunch of, you know, crack addicts and uh <laughs> LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, yeah, Doc Ellis. That's a great story. And then it's a, 16- you guys have a, a great uh, a great logo, great, great mascot. Logo. I mean, Pirates is a great fucking. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. It, yeah. it, 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 it's it's a great history. The Pirates. <laughs> and then and then in sixty had a walk off. So that's exciting. Yeah. 
yep. you know, you had Barry Bonds's, you know, years that weren't steroid tainted. It's so wait, you you live in San Francisco, the San Francisco area now, right? I do. I always have. I've really always lived in California, but when I started oh, watching sports, nobody in my family was into sports. So I would watch with the kid down the street. His family was all from Pittsburgh, so they were Pittsburgh everything. So they just are you, came are you all Pittsburgh? Team. Are you all? You're so your Steelers. Yep, Ooh, Steelers, well, that Penguins, that Pirates. That worked out better for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like basketball. Did you take on the the Warriors? No, I'm actually a Sixers fan, which is. Uh, oh unrelated to the state of Pennsylvania, but more related to Iverson when I was getting into basketball. Cause Iverson was like, I yeah. think that's, I think it's really interesting because I do feel like California sports teams. And I don't know if this is just a California thing, Kenny. And obviously I'm not a sports guy to the same degree that you guys are, but does it not feel like there's a little bit of kind of a shrug from California fans? Like that they're just not as invested in all sports as the East Coast fans are? I don't think uh, they would say that. Yeah, it, really? it's for certain teams, maybe, but uh, like the Sacramento Kings, probably not as hardcore a fan base as the Warriors, for example. But I mean, but like, there are some great fan bases, the well, Dodgers, I don't for example. Know. Like the Sacramento but like the Angels? Went, yeah, I think the Angels are pretty great fans. I think the Angels, okay. Anaheim, I think they like it's. It's it's. I think in the, the almost, I guess now almost twenty years I've been here. I think it's gotten stronger. I think that pe- okay. I think people have held on tighter. I think also, you know, no shade. I think coming from Canada, <laughs> having oh, I see where been, this is going. No, it's not anywhere. Having been to NHL games in Canada, mm-hmm. it's a different world. Like sure. almost right. everything, almost everything looks like it's not real fandom compared to <laughs> NHL games in Canada. Like uh, that's fair. It, it's crazy to me. Like the 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 way that's way that's why it's so sad that that Canadian teams can't win the, the cup anymore because people yeah. in Canada actually give a shit. I know. And then you, it's like Tampa Bay's winning and they can barely sell <laughs> out. So I, I think that yeah, or I, Vegas. I, they're they're like yeah. NHL, uh, <laughs> some NFL sport, some NFL franchise rival okay. Canadian, you know, NHL teams, yes, and yes. some sport, you know, throughout throughout the country, there are some that kind of come close. But to me, like nothing. I, I where have I been? I've been to Montreal and I've been to Vancouver, and both of those fan bases are ravenous. Yeah, they. I mean, you're 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 not wrong. I guess I just I was I was just sort of tapping into the fact that like you know the Dodgers have won the World Series recently um you know but a bad World Series the Rams but a, but just a fan, won the a fanless s- World Series right. okay sure and then the Rams just win the Super Bowl and the they're Rams. also recently you wouldn't transplanted know it. you wouldn't but you know wouldn't, it you wouldn't know it you wouldn't know it i think you know <laughs> And the Lakers won, and they didn't make a big deal. The Kings you obviously won the cup a bunch of times. No one gives like a, a shit. Deal. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that if the Dodgers had won this year, like there was a buzz this year about the Dodgers that wasn't really present during the pandemic. And uh, I think it would have been a bigger deal. I think that just, you know, in general, like, L- LA fans aren't really going to get on board with, with the Rams or the Chargers. Like right. in mass, um, right. it's something that we're kind of it's something we're kind of figuring out, you know. Uh, and it might be twenty years before you you really start to buy this. So are the Raiders? Real. Is that the LA team? No. Oh, well, the-, the Raiders were 
LA, then Oakland, now Vegas. But their their fan base, I think, now is mostly in Oakland. Raiders fans are basically, you know, uh, recent par- parolees. I think just <laughs> all over the country. Um, <laughs> generally, who roots for that? The the right. but. I think that, you know, I think in general, just in terms of L.A. sports, I do think L.A. sports fans get a bit of a bad rap. I think the the fact that their NFL teams are both pretty good and and they can't really get people excited hurts them. But as Jason said, these teams have only been here three years. I think the Dodgers and the Angels have really strong fan bases. I think the the Lakers have really strong fan bases. I think the Clippers have like kind of of a secretly strong fan base now. And I do think if you go to Kings games, they're kind of exciting, too. I think I mean, the Clippers you know, came close. The Clippers would be more competitive. I think if the Clippers won there, or something, yeah. it would be kind of exciting too. But yeah. yeah, it's it's not, you know, it's not the hundred year legacy that the Red Sox have or the hundred year legacy that the Yankees are, you know, I I the the, the Giants, for instance, just the my Giants, the New York Giants. Uh my not Giants, so your ra- Giants. Not so rad. But, but but there is like this, like there is this 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 Giants fans are often called gentlemen. Like there's a gentlemanly thing about the Giants that they're that's kind of nice too. Um, Amazing, you know, as opposed well, to their their you know firemen neighbors who are all Jets fans. This has been our episode on Twin Dragons and the LA sports teams. <laughs> um, it's been oh, great. What are we going to do next week? That is a very there. good question. Um, next week. Let me just pull up this thing. My apologies for not having this at the ready. Uh, next week, I think, honestly, uh, Eye of the Beholder? Oh, Eye of the Beholder. Uh, have you the, seen Eye of the Beholder? The look on Jason's Jason. face makes me think it hasn't made any Force 5 lists. It, it hasn't, but I think I know the movie you're talking about. And if it's the movie I'm thinking of, it is mm-hmm. wild. You're gonna have it's a great wild. Time with it. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have a great time with that. We, we we had uh, the screen drafts guys. We had Clay Keller, Ryan Marker on to talk about the Ewan McGregor, Ashley Judd spy thriller. I mean, uh, how would you describe it, Kenny? Is it a spy thriller? It's sort of a, a serial killer movie, kind of. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I think <laughs> I. I mean, I it, it was. Brought to my attention as a serial killer movie, but it's not really a serial killer movie. It, it's kind of a, it's kind of something be, somewhere. It lives a little bit between spy and serial killer, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's it's a giant fucking mess. Katie Lang and plays a spy handler. It's it's yeah, a lot. It's it's not the spy trying to capture the serial killer. If that's what you, it, it, so it's it, it's a spy movie and a serial killer movie, but it is not about like you know. I know those it's, not, it's yes, it's no, it's not. It's just, it's a weird movie. One of the it's a better spy defends it. The other one helping is, you know, a serial killer. I don't give too much away. Watch, listen to the episode. It's uh, it's it's a lot. Uh, you guys and will play love together it. is very exciting for us. Oh, so yeah. it's awesome to have them. Um, yeah. uh, Jason, tell our audience about your podcast. So they where they can listen uh, to it. I'll, what it's I'll about. I'll keep it short. Yeah, I'll yeah. keep it short because I know uh, you got to get out of here, Kenny. Yeah. It's just uh, top five lists every week. Different guests. We do a different top five list, and it's always chosen by the guest. So if you want a good starting point on Force 5, pick Kenny or Phil's shows. Phil did top five movies about writing. Kenny, top five twins. So, uh, yeah, we we go into the show blind. We don't know the picks that the other person came up with. So sometimes there's crossover, sometimes they're not. But 
I guarantee you go on to the uh, either draft with these guys. And uh, there's going to be some movies that you've probably never heard about. I got to say some really strong. I'm looking at your list right now or the the episodes you've done kind of recently. There's some really, really strong um Strong guests list and subjects. On yeah. Well, great guests. I mean, you 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 had we we just had Jason Bailey on. I see you have him doing top five New York exploitation films with yeah. him. He's great. That's fun. But just really, really like cool little sub sub genres that you always explore. So looking for. I also got to say too. Or I'm looking forward to reading to listen to watching some. I I feel like guys. I feel like Kenny. Um, and I were chatting about this, but you'll never really guess what Jason's picks are going to be. <laughs> like, and, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like, I was kind of expecting that that you and I would have some crossover, and we didn't cross over at all, really. I mean, I think outside of our number ones, we're probably the right. same. Yeah. But outside of that, it was very different. And I think, Kenny, yours were pretty different as well. Yeah, my sense is Jason takes his number one seriously, and then yeah. the rest of them, he is just trying to... Uh, <laughs> a wild man. He's trying to zag, where, where, where another guy might zig. I'm not sure, because his number I, one is... Is, you know, that's a straight up movie, but I, I love that about you. And I love that about the podcast. Uh, it's a very uh, similar background to, to Phil in that I also grew up in the video store realm when I first started working. So it was, you know, take every movie home and watch every movie so you could yeah. recommend stuff. And, you know, that's where my tastes come from. I like a lot of stuff that other people would consider garbage. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm going to listen to this top five Hawaii films now because I have a strong <laughs> opinion on what should be one. So. Uh, and people can find your podcast where uh, they can find podcasts, right? Anywhere? Anywhere. Yep. Force five podcasts. Well, thank you so much for being here, Jason. This was a blast. We can't wait to have you back uh, to talk about, you know, uh, Pittsburgh teams and, uh, and movies. So <laughs> thank you so much. Pittsburgh movie with those. Yeah, of course. There might be a Pittsburgh What's the, movie. What is the quintessential Pittsburgh movie? Is there, I mean, Wonder Boys is a Pittsburgh movie. Very yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, yeah. the, only, the only other one that comes to mind is, do you guys remember the movie Striking Distance? The Bruce Willis Oh, movie? Bruce Willis, yeah. That's yeah, a Pittsburgh this, movie. The the best Pittsburgh movie, and Phil, you'll agree with me as soon as mm-hmm. I say it. Jason, I know you already agree with me. Sudden Death. It's a spectacular, perfect <laughs> film. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's such a Pittsburgh film. <laughs> there's, there's two movies really that, that show off Pittsburgh stadiums. One's The Dark Knight Rises, which is yes. not a good movie, but a great scene. And the other is Sudden Death, which is a fantastic <laughs> movie. And if you want to see Van Damme fight the Penguins mascot, <laughs> you can't get and, better and, than that and kind of get his ass kicked by the oh, totally get his ass kicked totally uh, get his ass kicked it's wonderful there's the movie i think of when i think of pittsburgh because there's there pittsburgh all right so uh and again i have to go but i'm not gonna yeah. go just yet uh project Greenlight, the <laughs> the one where they did two films uh got great tax incentives from pittsburgh so both of those movies were shot in Pittsburgh. That's not what I'm talking about. But it made me think that Pittsburgh is oh, like you see Pittsburgh in a lot more movies than than you'd expect. For instance, Phil, we saw it in Inspector Gadget. We did, um, we did. which was shot in Pittsburgh and around the you know the the, the famous Yellow Bridge. I think it's the Roberto Clemente Bridge. Um, but uh, the one I remember, which and it's always weird because you know Pittsburgh, like you know, it's not a place you fall in love. What's uh, what was the movie? God, I should know the answer to this. What what was the movie that had Jay Baruchel and Alice Eve? Where she oh, was she's out of my league. She's out of my league. 
was shot in Pittsburgh. And I remember thinking, you know, like you didn't have to get like Alice Eve, like, you know, Kristen Ritter's in it. I'm sure she's a Pittsburgh 10. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Pittsburgh listeners. Jay, Jay Barrett. This, this has become a deep dive into all things Pittsburgh, and I love it. I, like I also just can we just talk about the name Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. <laughs> true, true. I mean, Jay, Jason, have you, have you? I assume you've been there. You've, you've done a yes. pilgrimage. Yes, of course. I, I actually moved to uh, Pennsylvania for a couple of years and, and went to Pittsburgh for a bit. But we can't talk about Pittsburgh movies without mentioning the Night of the Living Dead movies. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. I mean, wow. for best Pittsburgh movies, those got to be it. I watched, uh, what's the second one? Dawn of the Dead? The mall one? Uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, Dawn, I watched yeah, that fairly recently, and I don't remember any Pittsburgh in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all Pittsburgh stuff. The That's Romero fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this was great. We will uh, we'll talk to you sooner. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.